0: Welcome to Just Sayin', a podcast produced by and recorded at Tri-State Worship Center. Now here are your hosts, Allison Gardner and Pastor Terry Wagner.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to episode two of Just Sayin'. My name is Allison Gardner and I'm here with Pastor Terry Wagner. Hello
2: Allison Gardner, how are you? Good, how was How was the vacation?
1: It was great. Good. I'm not ready to go back to work though. You're not? Nope.
2: Well, you're going to have
1: to. I know, I'm going to have to. We also have Tyler Staten here with us.
0: Those are the joys of being an adult. Yeah. (laughs) Work. Work.
1: Uh, And I'm really excited about today's episode because we are going to talk about dating. Mm. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) That was pretty good. That was totally unplanned. It was. Totally unplanned. Yeah, I could hear the harmony. We have to do our own music.
1: Right, right. Low budget.
2: (laughs) This is a B podcast. (laughs) podcast.
0: (laughs)
1: Sorry. All right. Mm -hmm. So, our first question today to open up the discussion is Should teenagers date?
2: Well,. I think that the first thing we have to do is restate our mission statement of this podcast, which is that we want to view uh current issues life issues through the lens of of the Bible mm-hmm. right so you know all of the answers or all the responses that I will have I, I need to make sure that people understand that they're they're coming from my understanding of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, and so to say, should they date, I think we have to define what that means. What does it mean to date someone? You know, if you just look it up in the dictionary, it's just to go out with someone. But there is a second part to the definition that says, someone in whom one is romantically interested. So um, I I think we, we would have to start with, what is a date? I mean, I think there are times when a bunch of, of of people, young people or adults, get together and they go out for dinner, go to a movie, whatever. They're just going out to have fun, relax, enjoy the company of each other. And I, I think, obviously, that's a good thing. But then if you move into the realm of, okay, I want to go out with someone because I am romantically in, interested in them, I think that brings us to... I think what you know, what the topic of, of what you want to talk about, which is, you know, if I'm consistent and I, I want to uh, hold on to my Christian convictions, then I would have to ask the question, if I wanna date somebody, why do I wanna date them? And if the answer to that question is because I think I might be romantically interested in them, then I think it needs to be um Somebody that you think you can spend the rest of your life with. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds old, mm-hmm. and I get that. Um, but Second Timothy chapter two verse twenty-one, twenty-two, it says, "If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use in the Lord's hand." Of course, so your life will be clean. You'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run from anything. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Mm -hmm. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. So it's a long answer to a short question. I think first you've got to decide what is this date? Is this just a bunch of people going out just to have some fun and relax and do some recreation, whatever the case might be? Or is this somebody that I feel like I might be romantically interested in? If that's the case, that That date or that dating, uh, I think, needs to be uh, looked at through the lens of Scripture, uh, and and that that person needs to be someone that you might be able to spend the rest of your life with.
1: Right. So that kind of leads us into the second question. Should you ever date someone without the intention of marrying them?
2: Let me me ask you that question. Hmm. I would be interested in you. I I have a response, Mm -hmm. but what do you think?
1: In my opinion, um, as Christians, I don't think that we should because, you know, I feel like it's just a waste of time, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like there's no point in it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are romantically interested in someone that you don't see yourself having a future with, then why would you pursue a relationship that you know is going to end in failure? Agreed. In my opinion.
2: Tyler, what do you think?
0: (laughs) You and I think a lot of like when we when we look at things and from a literal standpoint like I the first thing I did was google the definition of <laughs> date what does it mean and it says a social or romantic appointment or engagement so mm-hmm. I think one thing when you're dating and air quotes there is to kind of from the very beginning let's let's talk about what it is and what it isn't Mm-hmm. Are we are we just going to go somewhere and have dinner, no expectations of anything growing further than that? Or is this somebody that I am interested in in a potentially romantic way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this is going to help me see if if it will be a good fit? Does that make right, sense? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's, it's important to establish what it is and what it isn't before you ever do it. Because right. you don't want to lead somebody on and you don't want to, you know... Um, create a an uncomfortable mm-hmm. atmosphere where maybe you're not interested, but you like them as a friend and that kind of thing. Because, um, and that's that's more from the the literal standpoint. But I do think that I agree with what you're saying there. If you have no romantic interest and you know it's not somebody that you could see yourself marrying, then yeah, don't waste your time. Right.
2: Or their or their time or their time. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: And, and in the context of our world today i know that sounds old but but really there there are some things that are 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 ageless that are timeless there are some some convictions that we should hold on to that don't have a expiration date on them Mm -hmm. and i think one of the reasons why that our world is is run into some of the trouble that we're in is because we leave some of those convictions rather than bring them along with us and i and i think this is one of them i think yes if if you are interested in someone uh romantically dating it needs to be someone that you can spend the rest of your life with and if not then i don't know the purpose right of that date other than to you know the, the potential of introducing some kind of a false pretense mm-hmm. into it, which then leads to, you know, more problems that I'm sure we'll talk about here in a minute. But <laughs> I, I guess the answer is, you know, date someone that you think you can spend the rest of your life with. And yeah. if if not, I don't have a problem with a group of people going out and just having some fun, going out for dinner, whatever, but it's the intent. I guess that that's the word. It's the intent. What's mm-hmm. the intent of the date?
1: Right, right. And I don't think that, I think that, you know, as Christians, like, this life is something that we have to take super seriously because we don't have a lot of time here and no. we have a really serious mission to accomplish. And you know, why Why waste time?
2: And, and I don't want anybody to get the impression that, that we are, as believers, we're some kind of killjoy right. that we don't want you to have fun, we don't want that's not it at all,
3: right? We want you to have fun.
2: As a matter of fact, um, you know, God created relationships to fulfill parts of us that need to be fulfilled. And I don't want to get ahead of, of where we're going, but you know, to hear someone say, listen, don't go out with someone unless you intend to that person to be someone you spend the rest of your life with and you're like, you just don't want me to have no fun. Right. Like, no, no, not well, at all. Well, that's
0: why it's important to set those exactly. boundaries and the expectations from the bat, so right yeah. off the bat, so you don't run in or find yourself in that situation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, so our next question is, um, what is the biggest mistake teenagers make when it comes to dating?
2: Okay, so <laughs> we, we, have, we have qualified what we're talking about. We're not talking about just some people going out to have fun and have dinner or whatever. We're talking about romantic dating mm-hmm. and what is the biggest mistake <clears throat> that, that people make, not just teenagers but adults as well, and it's two words, no plan,
3: mm.
2: no plan. When we just go out happenstance, um, there's an old saying, and I will date it. (laughs) It's an old saying that if you fail to plan, you can plan to fail. Mm. So uh, you have to have a plan. I I think the worst thing to have happen is for some young man to call a young lady and say, hey, let's go out Friday night. And she says, okay. And she says, what time will you pick me up? He said, I thought about seven. And then he picks her up and is like, what are we going to do? And it's like, I don't know. We, you know, let's, mm-hmm. we, and and that that I don't know leads to to trouble. Right. Have a plan. I'll pick you up at seven. We're going to go eat at wherever. After that, we can take in a movie, and then I'll, I'll I will do my best to have you home by whatever. And again, it sounds old. Mm-hmm. That sounds foggy. Uh, but the the truth of the matter is is but that a, it's also gentlemanly and respectful. And
3: gentlemanly.
2: Right. And, and and it's not chauvinistic to be mm-hmm. gentlemanly. I know some people get upset nowadays if you open the door for a lady, you know, they get upset. But no, that, that is proper. That's right. That's, that's mm-hmm. what you do. So I, I know that it could. we could talk about it for a long, long time, but I just think the simple answer is there's just no plan. You, the best thing you can do is have a plan when you go out and then work the plan. Whatever that is. And uh, if you do that, you can avoid a lot of awkwardness. You can avoid a lot of tension. Mm -hmm. Avoid a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Just have a plan. What -hmm. are you going to do?
1: It's all about intentions. Come on. Mm -hmm. Preach. All right. So, um, what does a relationship centered around Christ look like in the context of dating?
2: Well... Let's see let me use a phrase you used in episode 1. <laughs> WWJD. Mm. <laughs> I mean if if we're Christians, which I I you guys have been around me a lot, you know, I struggle using that word because I don't think a lot of people understand the real ramifications of right. saying I am a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Right? If I'm a Christian, then I am a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. If I'm a Christian, I am a, a model A small imitation of the real thing. So I should do what he does. Now we, as far as we know, Jesus didn't date anybody. He he may have. Maybe we don't know. It just didn't get recorded. If he did. Right. And and so to answer the question, you know, how how should a Christian do it? Well, what would Jesus do? If we're supposed to be Christians, we're Christ-like. We should do what Jesus did. But he didn't really leave us an example. Mm -hmm. So we have to. I think what we have to do then is take into consideration. Mm Who we are as believers to answer that question, you know how how should we do that? Well, we should do it with the same characteristics, the same uh, 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 convictions as as a Christian, and and it's it's so hard for me sometimes because I know I'm I know I'm an old person. I'm for those of you that don't know, I'm sixty years old. <laughs> and And I've been married for forty one years, and I'm sorry I'm wrestling papers, but I'm trying to find something here um and i just I just feel like that we we need to reflect a christian culture
3: mm-hmm.
2: seems to be a buzzword today a christian culture uh and and make it look like jesus and I don't think that can happen accidentally. I don't think it happens by happenstance. I think we have to have intent and purpose in, in doing that so uh, I, again I don't know how well that answers that question but I, I think that uh, I think we have to just reflect Christ in all that we do and, and not just not just dating that's on the job that's at home with your parents whatever the case might be
1: so. mm-hmm. Right. alright so what are um, some boundaries that should be put into place
2: well I, I think it's a great question uh, because it goes back to the, the previous question, and that is, you know, it's a it's a big mistake not to have boundaries, mm-hmm. not to have a plan, not to say this is what we're going to do. And, and what are some of those boundaries? I, I don't know if I can. I don't know if there's a blanket answer for that mm-hmm. question. I, I think that it would. It really depends more on an individual, and and here's where we get into some theological. Hair splitting that, you know, some some people who want to date are more mature in their Christian walk than others. I mean, if you got somebody who's who who just committed their life to the Lord last month, yeah, and they want to go out with somebody, it's that's a different ball game yeah. than someone who's been right. well like you, Allison. I mean, um, you're 17,
3: mm-hmm.
2: single. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yes. Mm. Um, <laughs> allison.com Just oh know my that. goodness <laughs> but it would be different because you, you're you raised with a Christian ethic in, right, in you right. that's part of your fiber yeah and, and so those boundaries for you
1: are different would look different yeah. than boundaries for and I think that that is I would even go towards saying that if um, a mature quote unquote mature believer someone who's been a believer for uh, a good amount of time starts to date someone that is a new believer that is a baby in the faith, you know, I f- I think that can be an unequally yoked relationship as well as a non-believer in a Christian dating, yeah. you know? I yes. think that's a big concern. I had a friend of mine who, um, you know, he's really serious about his faith and he wants to be a pastor one day. And he started dating a girl that became a Christian uh, just a couple months before. And I was trying to find the best way to just be like, listen are you got to be careful mm-hmm. you know she's 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 new in her faith and i don't know if a relationship is something that she should just jump into you know
2: mm-hmm. it's
1: going to look it's it's going to be different
2: yeah and and i and i think that that you you hit it on the head i mean that that person that has that uh, the longer relationship i will say with christ that has kind of grown in the faith you know, there's some things that, that's going to uh, be obvious to them that's not so obvious to the right. person that's younger in their faith. And, and, and let me just let me throw this out, and, and I feel like it fits, but maybe I don't know if it does or not. I think we, we live with three levels um, three levels of morality, I guess is what I would say. And, I said, and, and hear me out before you pass judgment on me. I think, number one, we have convictions. I, I have some convictions that I will die for. Mm-hmm. I think Jesus Christ is the only Son of God, and if someone came to me and said, "You know, deny Christ or die," I'm I'm dying mm-hmm. because I will die for some convictions. Then I have some beliefs. We're a Pentecostal church. We believe in all the works of the Spirit. Um, but I'm not gonna die for that. Right. I'll fight you for it, but I'm not gonna die for it. Mm-hmm. Then there's opinions. Mm-hmm. An opinion is neither conviction nor belief; it's just an opinion. but the problem is is when I take my opinion and put it in place of
3: mm-hmm.
2: a conviction, and now all of a sudden, I'm going to die for an opinion mm-hmm. and i think I think a lot of that kind of thinking has has just permeated society, and it's no longer about a conviction that's based on like the Word of God or the example of Christ. It's really about just my opinion, you know, what I think and how I think it ought to be. And, and the truth of the matter is whenever whenever we're left to our own to decide right, wrong, good, bad, chaos soon is the result and, and anarchy is not knocking at the door.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I think when we talk about dating, I think part of the issue and part of the the challenge for today is to somehow get back to a, a standard, get back to some kind of a conviction mm-hmm. uh, and not just an opinion about, well, I think it ought to be this or I think it ought to be that. And I think the best standard, the best plumb line that we have is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does the Bible say about relationships and dating and, and intimacy and, and marriage and all these things that, that really are the result of of dating? So... You know, I, I just I think that we have to understand that, that uh, uh, those boundaries have to be there, and I think boundaries are part of that plan. Boundaries are part of that thing saying, okay, we're going to go out on Friday night, and this is what we're going to do, but, and here's the boundaries. I, I know some, that this, is, this may be going too far for some people, but, but I, I know uh, young people that have, have entered into the dating world that will just tell the person they're going out with right in front, listen, we're not holding hands.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We're, we're not, there's no kissing involved. And I get that. Right. I get that because some people can't handle that. Right. Just can't. And again, right. it might go back to the mature versus mm-hmm. not so mature. Right. I, I don't know that it lands in, in that arena, but it could be. But here's the thing. Of all the sin, and I'm jumping questions now, honestly, I'm sorry, but <laughs> of that. all the sin in the Bible, we're told <laughs> to fight. Right. fight this and fight that right. and fight this where one sin we're told to run away from
3: sexual temptation. sexual sin yeah right.
2: you got to run so so some people their conviction is i'm not going to hold hands i'm not i'm not going to kiss i'm not going to start an engine
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know that's going right. to that's going to then power me to something that i shouldn't be doing right? right so i i think we have to we have to have some boundaries and it's not bad and in I'll say this, and then we we can you can respond or move on wouldn't it be it seems to me it would be almost uh, a relief for uh, say the guy that has asked the girl out and he says here's here's right. here's the boundaries right. Then there's nothing. There's yeah. there's no question. No question there's no confusion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not like you know, okay. I wonder if I should try to get a kiss at the yeah. end of the night. No, <laughs> you know, it, right. no. We said that up front. We've got the boundaries. We've got the plan. Yeah. we're going to do it like Jesus. Mhm. And, and and you know all these questions that you've already asked the three you've already asked. I mean they all really intertwine there yeah. on, on what we need to do. So um, I think the boundaries are absolutely positively necessary. And yeah. when Vicky and I started dating. You know, the truth of the matter is Vicky was the good girl and mm-hmm. Terry was the bad guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling you. But when we started dating there were boundaries set.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, and and we adhered to those boundaries and, and and it just removed the anxiety and the stress right. and the awkwardness yeah. of it all.
1: I think it's something that should be set at the very beginning, you know. Don't let it don't let it simmer. Don't let it don't let your heart like you know, get involved before you talk about your personal convictions with someone, you know?
2: Let me ask you a question then, and I agree with you 100%. Does that limit the playing field?
1: Mm, Probably, but... And it should. It should, yeah. If you don't, if you aren't feeling convicted about the same things, then you're probably not on the path you're not on similar paths in your walk with Christ I guess I should say and if you're not going to be on the same path then you're not going to be able to support each other encourage each other understand the struggles you know but I have a question for you guys um we talk about physical boundaries I think that is the most prominent type that we talk about but is there emotional boundaries that you need to set is there you know
2: I, um, you might have to unpack it just a little bit for yeah. me. When you say emotional boundaries, what what do you mean? Is cut? there
1: like parts of your life that you shouldn't uh, talk about or open up about um, with someone who you're just dating? Is there parts of you that you should reserve uh, for someone that mm-hmm. you know you're married to? Is it just physical boundaries or does it go deeper than that? Boy, that's a uh,
2: yeah. it, that's an interesting thought. And, and for me, I mean, my immediate answer to that is, if you're romantically interested in someone and you're going to begin dating them because you think this is someone you can spend the rest of your life with, I don't. You know, full disclosure, I don't think is ever a bad thing. Yeah. You know, this is this is who I am. This might be the kind of past I had or didn't have or. Right. Uh, you know, this is who, who, this is how I was raised. This is where I went to school. Whatever the case might be, um, I don't.
0: There, I, for me, I feel like there, there would have to be some point where I, where I would or wouldn't say I feel safe or comfortable about telling this person mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do it too soon, obviously, because you don't know if you can trust that person with mm-hmm. that information, right. And, right. and maybe that's a part of you that is is very sensitive or mm-hmm. or otherwise, but. And and that's not to say that like like you said, full disclosure is good, but you don't want to jump the gun.
2: Right? No, I, yeah, that,
0: that makes sense. And share personal things that you don't want other people to know, or you know, because what happens if you tell this person your whole life story, right. every little detail, right. And then it doesn't work out, and
1: you break up, and, and
0: then they go and start, yeah. you know, yeah, talking about it to other people. True. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, I just thought that was an interesting perspective you know because we never yeah. we never talk about it yeah. you know um but anyways moving on moving on um why do you think that young people crave relationships so much
2: well i don't think we can uh, pigeonhole young people to or truth. anyone yes. i think i anyone. think i think we were created <laughs> for relationships mm-hmm. that's you know god created everything uh and he said it's good but then he realized there was something missing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I mean by that is God said, let there be a tree. There was a tree. Uh, simple fact that the tree exists blesses God, but the tree really didn't have a choice in the matter. And so then God said, let us, which again, you can, you can dive into the theology of us being a relationship, Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's a relationship there. He said, let us make man in our image, and part of that image and part of that likeness is, is that we're created for relationship. Uh, unlike the tree that doesn't have a choice, we have a choice.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: the choice whether to enter into right relationship with God or not, that's why we were created. And then after he creates Adam, he says what? Well, it's not good for man to be alone mm-hmm. because God recognizes that relationships are important. So I think it's, it's in our DNA Right. it's in our dna and i know there'll be people that will say no I, you know i I've, I've never desired to be in a relationship with someone of the opposite sex and I, but I, i'm saying that in our uh, creation in our beginnings in our genesis we, we were created for relationship and and god said it's not good a man to be alone uh adam i'll make your wife And Adam's like, yeah, that sounds good. I don't know what a wife is, but I want one, you know, because he wants to be in in a relationship. So I I think that all people want to be in a relationship. And then a lot of people think that Solomon may have written most of Ecclesiastes, but I I did make note of a verse in chapter 4 of Ecclesiastes that says, two are better than one. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And so there again, I mean, that kind of answers the question. Mm -hmm that you know, uh, two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who's alone when he falls because he doesn't have another person to lift him up. Mm-hmm. So we were created for relationships and, and I think there is that uh, vacuum in us that, that wants to be reconciled with God and that relationship, but also those horizontal relationships whether they be uh you know family friends or in this case you know romantic relationships i think it's just in us it we were created with that in us to to yeah. find that
1: well what do you think about um paul's words in um about singleness you know mm-hmm. singleness being better is that what he says that singleness is better
2: well i i think what he said and i don't have it in front of me yeah. but thank you for bringing it up <laughs> uh, <laughs> He said, you know, if you can't control yourself, right. find somebody to be with. Right. Um, and, but he said, you know, it, it would be a better thing. And, and let me ask you this. What, what, is, what would be better about being single? What is better about being single?
1: I guess just being able to focus everything into your walk with God.
2: Right. So then, and I agree with you, and I know some people in, in my life, in my circle of friends that are my age, that are single people mm-hmm. and never been married, uh, and they feel like that that's God's call on their life. Right. You know, that that's a, that's a calling for them. Um, also, it, it allows them that freedom to pursue things of God that sometimes, you know, family and relationships would be a hindrance for. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think... In that essence, it's better, just because I I think that's a gift. It's a calling of God, but I I don't I don't want to pigeonhole that and say, you know, okay, everybody, first thing you need to do is consider being alone, right?
3: Because
2: I don't think that's how God yeah set it up. I think he, he he I think the intention there was for us to be in relationship, but then there are those avenues uh, where people have been gifted to uh, to travel that road as a single person and it's not it doesn't make them less than it doesn't you know it doesn't make them a bad nothing like that it Mm -hmm. just i think that that is a calling of god uh, for that person
1: okay um so how can people who are already in relationships be more intentional about growing their relationship? in Christ
2: you answered your own question <laughs> there's one word in there that really is the answer and that is intentional mm-hmm. there's so many people I, I've done marriage counseling for 35 years uh, hundreds of couples some in some some of the most dire of situations and some in, in circumstances that really were not that hard to overcome but in all of those situations intentionality is the name of the game mm-hmm. They think that it's just gonna happen by osmosis or by accident. It's just, you know, hey, we have this problem, we come to talk to you and suddenly everything's gonna be okay. No. You become intentional. And I think the same thing with dating. You gotta have a plan, mm-hmm. you gotta have boundaries, you gotta you gotta be able to communicate that to each other. You gotta be able to say those things. Uh and I think going back to a verse that you used earlier. Allison um I forget that we're not being yeah, videoed, you right. know, and I point to you, but <laughs> nobody can see me do that um it is that scripture about being unequally yoked? Mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I think you have to be intentional about making sure uh and I've heard' them all, man, I truly have heard them all people oh hell, you know, I really love him. But he's not a Christian. But I know that if we start dating, I can lead him to the Lord. Right. And that's a slippery slope. Oh, it it's terrible. It's a terrible evangelistic idea. Well, and I think <laughs> I don't know if
0: I feel like it was you, but may, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> uh, gave an illustration of if I'm standing on a chair.
1: Oh, I said that one. Was it you? Yeah. Okay. I used that one.
0: Okay, in yeah. journey, in journey, okay, yeah. and it's a lot easier. Well, you know what? I'll I'll just let you say it then. Um,
1: <laughs> I don't remember where I heard it from. I think it was another certain... probably
2: from me. No,
1: it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, let's say that the person who is a Christian is on a platform, and they are higher than the person who is. Not a Christian. Not saying, you know, holier than, than thou, than better than, whatever. Right, yeah. Closer to God, I should say. Mm-hmm. You know, they're up higher. Um And the person that they want to date is below them on the floor. It's going to be way easier for the person who's on the floor to pull the person on the platform down than it will be for the other person to pull them up. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, it'll wow. be easier for a non-Christian to... Pull you away from your convictions, then it will be for you to lead them to Jesus.
2: Exactly, and it's scriptural. Right. It's I mean, First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Don't be don't be deceived. Bad company ruins mm-hmm. good morals. Right. So when you think, well, I can I can enter into this relationship and I will I will bring them up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In in your illustration, no, it's a lot easier to be pulled down. And biblically, it 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 just tells us. Listen. Your your good morals are going to be corrupted by bad morals mm-hmm. if you enter into that relationship, which then goes to the Second Corinthians 6.14, don't team up with unbelievers. Don't be unequally yoked. Um, and I know that people can, again, arm wrestle theologically about what that scripture really means, but in, in the context of this conversation and in the context of, of that chapter of the Bible, that's specifically what it means, that we should not enter into... Either a romantic dating relationship or a business relationship you know unequally yoked uh, because then you find a, a a way of working against each other
3: mm-hmm.
2: and 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 it, it ends up being like what you said the, the the one down below it's a lot easier you know to, to pull someone down than it is to lift someone up
1: right I love how Paul um talks about you know people who have already gotten into marriages where one person is a believer and one is not a non-believer and he kind of gives hope to that yeah. but you know if you can just avoid it if well you that's, can,
2: a, that's a you thing. that's thing that's a thing why why enter into that yeah right. once you once it happens then of course there's a there's a a spiritual slash biblical way to uh, navigate it mm-hmm. but why get there right um you know it, one if you have one believer and one not then the the one that is a believer should set the example for the the one that's not and I get that and 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 it, and it has worked I'm not saying it's never worked but I mean life is tough enough mm-hmm. marriage right. is tough enough right. uh, why why would I want to add that element that dynamic in there that says man this this is going to be so much harder now because and I had this conversation with someone yesterday mm-hmm. yesterday somebody's asked me to to do a, a wedding and, uh, you know, one of the questions I ask a couple when, when I do premarital counseling is, is, okay, what's, what's your spiritual background? Where, where, where's your journey at right now? And I had one spouse that said, you know, I believe in God and I just, you know, I haven't been in church lately, but I was raised in church. And the other one says, uh, I believe that we were created,
3: mm.
2: but I don't know if it was by a God.
3: Right. right.
2: And here's, And that's what I said to him. I said, well, here's the problem. Uh, five years from now, when you have children, what are you going to tell them?
1: Exactly. You
2: know, yeah. Why would you even? Yeah. Bring that that kind of tension. Yeah. In, in, into the relationship, so I think it's just crucial, you know, for us to have have that um, at the outset. You know, the, here's the boundaries. Here's the plan. I want to mm-hmm. do it like Jesus wants me to do it. I want to be the kind of person that Jesus wants me to be. And, uh, uh, you know, at some point, I want to give full disclosure. Maybe not, not maybe not the first date, okay, but <laughs> maybe second date. Right. Um, you know, and, and then what do you do to be intentional about growing that relationship is that you're intentional yeah. about growing the relationship. Yeah.
1: One of the craziest things I've ever heard it, uh, I go to a Catholic high school, um, is there are kids there who have parents who one is Jewish and one is Catholic. And, like, it's not even... And there's kids there who have parents from different denominations, but not even from different denominations, different religions. Your parents are different religions, and they got married. Like, that is crazy to me. That is just like, and then their kids will just identify, oh, you know, I'm both.
2: I'm I'm Jewish Uh. and Catholic. I know this is a conversation for another time, but... Catholic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my spiritual godfather, one of the four people that I would have at that dinner you talked about last mm-hmm. episode, uh, Don Foley, Pentecostal guy, and married a Catholic lady. Mm-hmm. And they made it work. Uh, I, I don't know how. Well, right. I mean, grace <laughs> of God. And, but she would go to her mass on Saturday. He would come to church on Sunday. Vicky and I would go over. And it was a wonderful, loving home mm-hmm. um so i don't i don't want to you know project it somehow some way well if that ever happens then you're doomed right i mean you can it can work but i just don't understand why you'd want to have that extra that extra tension in there
1: yeah yeah all right my last question is oh um if there was one piece of advice that you could give to your young self while you were dating vicky uh what would it be
2: I realize that today's world is a different context than what it was in the '70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vicky and I started dating in 1977, and we got married in 1978. And so I realize it's it's a different world, but um, I feel like the pressure today to abandon morals mm-hmm. and to abandon convictions. Are, are, are stronger today than they were in the 70s. Now, maybe that's an unfair uh, thing to say. I'm I, I just going by how I kind of view what's going on in our world. It just seems like there's a stronger pull to move away from your convictions, your belief, your, your morals, uh, than it was in my time. So I would tell myself to be better at focusing on the most important relationship, my relationship with God, which then enhances the second most important relationship, which is my relationship with my wife,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, Vicky. And I have known each other since we were seven, eight years old. Um, went to the same church, uh, raised, you know, as Christians. I left the church for a while. Vicky stayed, um, and so I knew the importance of that relationship. I knew the importance of having those convictions and those beliefs. Um, but I, I don't know that when we first began dating, and then got engaged, and then got married, um, I feel like, and again, it was a long time ago, Allison, so my memory (laughs) may not be so good, um, is that I focused so much on this new family. Right. And we did have, you know, we had children uh, fairly quickly. Uh, By the time I was 23, I think, we had, you know, Josh and Holly, and we were, were on our way to... You know having family but I, if I could go back, I would redefine the importance of that relationship with God because I think that would affect all the other relationships in my life in such a positive way that that would have made them stronger in the beginning yeah and and, and it would have been a good thing so I would just encourage anybody entering into any kind of relationship it's a romantic relationship seek God, mm-hmm. keep God number one uh he's got to be number one in your life. And and I think that the result of that, or, or the the effect of that, is is that it, it enhances all those other relationships that we have.
1: Right. I, there's this uh, saying uh, that I've heard. Uh, you know, I want someone who loves Jesus more than they love me. And I think that you know, to somebody who's not a Christian, that sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, valuing Jesus above your spouse or you know, partner or whatever, but it's true, you know. Yeah,
0: absolutely true. Well and it does it does sound crazy to somebody yeah. who doesn't know what the love of Christ is like, right. who's never experienced that in their life.
2: Or and, or think has the wrong perspective of the love exactly. of Christ. Yeah. Yes. You know. That that if we keep him number one, man, other things do go a lot easier. But some people have been in in environments and raised in circumstances where that was not the picture of Jesus they got. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, But in the end, the the truth is, you go to the Word, you find out who Jesus was, you enter into that relationship, and it does does make all the rest of those relationships, romantic and otherwise, family relationships, social relationships, what we're dealing with in our world right now. I mean, for people to understand and know Jesus and His love, it sure makes it easier for us to, to navigate some of the waters that we're even going through today. Right. So...
1: Right. There you have it. Yep. Just saying.
2: I'm just saying. Well, you know what? We didn't say that <laughs> enough this time. No, definitely <laughs> no. not. I'm just this, saying. This was is, this is more of a, a
0: serious topic. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't right. as light as the uh, first episode. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, but that's we, we, okay. Maybe we'll lighten it up next time.
1: Who knows? <laughs> next time we're talking about drugs. Oh my sex. goodness! <laughs>
2: um, maybe not. Maybe okay. In three weeks we'll lighten yeah. it up. <laughs>
1: maybe we'll put out a bonus episode.
2: Just a blooper to, reel. Yeah,
1: spice things up a little. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that was a great conversation. Thank you, Allison. Thank you. Thank you guys for joining us, um, and we will see you next week.